Yo, what's up, everybody? It's your boy David. Uh, super stoked. Thank you for uh, tuning in. I am today with my uh, friend Andy. Yo, what's Andy up, man? in the house. Yes, Ochonian. Let's go. Uh, let's go. Hey, uh, we are so excited today. We have, um, I think, a very important conversation uh, because this is something I think all of us um, deal with. I think when it comes to the future, right? The question are we more committed to the past or to the future? I think. A lot of us very quickly will say, yo, I'm all about the future. But when it comes down to it, I think that most of our lives would say otherwise. Well, yeah, that's like, that is a good question. But is it by choice? Everyone is going to say like, oh, yeah, I'm, of course, I'm com more committed to the future. But what about if they're just using that as an excuse because they're more committed to the past, but not by choice? Yeah. And I think that most of the time. Um, we like seeing we're committed to the future. And if we're honest, a lot of our lives actually say that we live in the past. And I think the reason why we love living in the past, it's because it's something that's known. It's something that, you know, like been there, done that, got the t-shirt, you know, yeah. done it all right. And so I think when it comes to the future, I think the future at times is scary because we don't know what the future holds, right? We don't know what tomorrow holds. It's like this unknown space. And so I think, the comfortable go-to is live in the past, but say we live in the future, right? Yeah. And, and so I think today's conversation is going to go ahead and end, um, encourage us more than anything to live a life that looks forward, to live a life that points forward. And, and I think God invites us to that life. So um, as you guys know, we're in the process of planting a church, you know, and yeah. um, a lot of, of what we're doing is literally like building a church that the future needs, building a church that, our future kids need, our future grandkids need, uh, a church that the community needs. And so that's why we as a church have decided that culture is very important. Uh, we're not going to let culture just happen by default. We're going to go ahead and be very intentional to make sure that culture is happens by design. And so we've been saying that one of the most um, famous verses when it comes to, to culture and just having a vision is in Proverbs 29, 18, where it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And so we want to be the kind of church that sets a uh, vision, that uh, sets culture. And so here at Eden, we want to go ahead and uh, make that uh, very, very important, even being super intentional when it comes to uh, the name and what it means. Okay, so Eden, again, referring to five things, place, moment, presence, and an open door. And, and yeah, so I think that um, when we started the church well we're still starting the church um we wanted eden to represent those five things we wanted eden to be a church where or, or we wanted to just create a space where people can experience the presence of god and so we want to be very careful to not uh, when people step into these doors we don't want them to experience you know religion and, oh, yeah, and i mean you know the coffee mugs well yeah. the little cups we have what do they say like we're not religious people we're jesus people pat and pending Hey, let's go. And so I think it's a uh, shout out to Rigo <laughs> Triune Coffee. Let's go. You have only like you have a one of a kind uh, jacket, right? Yes, uh, I have a one of a kind uh, for the people, by the people. Yeah. It's pretty dope. Coming soon. Coming soon. So we don't have a price for it, but <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. Sir Baron's always like, bro. So. So, OK, here, yeah, here, yeah. here's the backstory to this. So I wanted to design this this hoodie. For the interest night, because I, I really love like merch and all that stuff. So I hit up Feglin and I was like, bro, can we make this happen? Like, I have this idea for this hoodie. Yeah. It, I hit him up like Wednesday and we, I needed it by Saturday. He's like, bro, let's do it. 
And so I ordered one, and that night I went to dinner with Alex, uh, Nani, Lulu, and Tito. And I was like, yo, I designed this hoodie. And I was, you know, like, I was waiting for them to be like, bro, I want one too. And I didn't get that. They oh, were just like, oh, cool. And so for me, it was like, damn, no, they don't like it or they don't want one. Oh, so I, I didn't order one for them. I was like, all right, well, whatever. Like, I'll get one for me and I'll rock it, you know? All right. And later, once I'm rocking it, Sir Baron's like, bro, like, ¿por qué no me agarraste una? Why didn't you get me one? Man. And I was like, bro, you, you should have told me. And so with all that to say, we will have some of that merch. It's pretty dope. Um, and, and, and yeah, so coming back to um, the culture and what we're setting, right? Uh, we want to be a church that really just creates a space where people can come, grow, um, get to know Jesus. And I think that um, part of, of doing that is being intentional and setting values. And one of the values that we have, and I think it's perfect that you're here because I think you embody this very well. It's uh, this, um, this value of servant leadership is our identity, right? If, if, uh, you're too, um, if you're too big to serve, then you're too little to lead, right? Did I say that right? <laughs> if you're too big to serve, then you're too little to lead. Did that make sense? Yeah. That I didn't know, make sense. I understood it. And, and so essentially like the life that God calls us to is one that serves. And, and we're going to be the kind of church that leads from a position of serving. And we learn that from Jesus. Yeah, And, that, and that's the basic, that's the basic, right? Of God calling us everyone to serve. And yeah. then later on, the second step is more specific. But, yeah. But the basis, the foundation is everyone is called for servitude. Yeah. And I think that I, we have this idea in church, right? We're like, yo, los, like the leaders need to serve. Right. Oh, I'm not going to serve because that's the pastor's job. That's the elder's job. That's the, the you know, the, the baron's job. Like, yeah. and, and so, um, you know, you've heard it say like, yo, like if, if leadership, uh, sorry, if servanthood is beneath you, then leadership is beyond you. But I would dare to take it a step further and say, yo, if, if if servant leadership is beneath you, then Christianity is beyond you. Because Jesus says, yo, like people will know you by this, right? Like, so so Jesus is talking to his disciples saying, hey, like this is the life you've been called to. If you want to be great, if you want to be someone, like if you're a follower of Jesus, your, your calling is to serve and think of others. And, and so I think uh, with all that to say, I think that, as a community, we want to be very intentional in setting that culture of servant leadership is our identity. And so um, on Sundays, because uh, we've been doing like team nights, well, not team nights, like team mornings. <laughs> I don't think that's a thing. But Sundays, we've been having uh, just like a little gathering with our team. And we've been doing this series uh, that we've titled It's Time. It's Time. And um, it, it comes from this idea of, uh, you know, like, we, we me and Andy, we live in the same house, you yeah. know, like at the right here on Bristol and Warner, there's like that Starbucks and yep, there's that yep. left turn. Yes. Yeah. And so I've lived here my whole life and you've been here for about a year now, right? Over yeah. a year. Uh, just to emphasize, this left turn is a double yellow lane, double yellow. Yeah, <laughs> dude. And so it's and there's like a Starbucks right there. So, you know, this line gets packed. Um, It's, it's just uh one of the busiest streets, I think, in not only Santa Ana, but I think maybe Orange County, uh, Bristol Street's. It's it's up there. It's borderline. Yeah, it's yeah, up there. It's, it's up there. Like that thing is that thing's always with traffic. And so it's the street closest to our house. And so when we want to turn left, um, you know, there's like the green light is it turns green. And the worst thing that could ever happen to you is number one, you're running late to work. Number two, you're running late to a hangout. In Andy's case, number three, you're running late to a date now. Just kidding. Sheesh. Wow. <laughs> oh, se, se, se busca barona. 
for El, El Baron Andres. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and so the worst thing is you're running late. Uh, you got to turn left. And the person in front of you is on the phone texting or on Instagram or whatever the case. And everybody in front of that car goes, right? And you know we're Christians, so you got to give the Christian honk, the little beep, beep. So, you know, we really want to be like, babe, right? Yeah. But we give the little Christian honk, and we're like, bro, go. You know, the light's green. And so uh, the idea comes from 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 that scenario, the, the series, right? Like the light's green. It's go time. If you go, we're going to go with you. Um, God's calling us to live a life that flourishes. And so I think there's a passage um, in, in the Bible that I think embodies this idea very well. Um, just, the, you know, they say the story to the story. Um, it's the story of uh, the prophet Elisha, Elijah, sorry. The prophet Elijah, um, at this moment in 1 Kings chapter 19, um, he comes from a, a very dark place. Yeah, prior does. prior to chapter 19, uh, you know, some of the stuff that he's done is... Um, well, he, he just recently, following this passage, he recently just received a death threat. Yes, uh, from uh, the Queen Jezebel. And she was like, yo, like, um, I'm going to kill you. It gets pretty dark. And Elijah, he falls into a season of depression. Uh, he's known as a suicidal prophet, deals with mental health. And um, he finds himself at the darkest moment of his life. And it was in that moment that God tells Eli Elijah, hey, I still have a plan for your life. I still have a purpose for your life. And he commissions him. Hey, there's this young man by the name of Elisha, and you're going to call him to be the next prophet. And, and I think it's beautiful. Just this story. I mean, you know, we've been talking about this, but coming out of a year like 2020, where it was a dark season for a lot of people. Yeah, for many people. Whether it was like broken relationships, broken hearts, um, being alone with your thoughts, uh, depression, anxiety, stress, uh, marriage is being broken down because, you know, they realize that their whole attention was on their kids and not really building yeah. um, a relationship with each other. And so it was a dark season for a lot of people. All from the result of being isolated. Exactly. And so it's not that nobody asked for a pandemic and it just happened and that's how life works, right? Um, and so maybe you're listening to this and just like uh, Elijah, you've been living in a dark moment. You know, God's saying, hey, I still have a plan for your life. There's still more. If you, you the famous, you know, if you still have a uh, pulse, you still have a purpose, right? If you're still breathing, God still wants to do something in and through your life. And so it's in this context that we come to this passage in 1 Kings chapter 19. Okay. And uh, it's verse 19. So Elijah went from there and found Elijah, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my mother and father goodbye, he said, and then I will come to you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elijah left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned them, the plowing equipment, to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. It's literally the voice of God that finds Elisha. Because God used Elijah? To, 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 um, to find Elisha. Elisha. Now, 
the thing about Elisha is that he's a he's a young guy. He's uh, pretty well off. Um, to have that many farm animals, that's uh, back in the day. Well, yeah, just to have one was mean meant you were like balling, right? Yeah. But this dude had twelve pairs, meaning twenty four oxen. He had twelve pairs of them. Uh, homeboy is probably buff. He was literally. It says the passage says like he was literally uh, like riding one of the the pair of oxen, right? And so uh, this guy was not a lazy dude. He was, uh, our terms, entrepreneur, right? The little stock on the Instagram. Like, um, he was one, like, blue check mark. This guy was, was was it? He had money, probably very good looking, uh, very muscular. Just start, like, just describe, kind of like me. No, I'm just kidding. And, and so um, it's in this moment that uh, the prophet, or, or better yet, God, interrupts his life. And I don't know, Andy, um, if... God has ever interrupted your life. This man here is literally living his life. He's doing his thing. And in a moment, like this dude didn't wake up like, oh man, hopefully today calls God calls me to like, no, this dude's doing his life. He's doing his thing. He's doing what he knows what to do best. And in a moment, Elijah or better yet, God interrupts his life. I think you're Elijah and I'm Elisha, and I'll tell you why with okay. this story. Oh, snap. Yeah, so I started college, right, um, years ago, and two years into college, never went to church, never looked, just completely ignored the facts, right? Didn't have my relationship with God. But until I met you, then we started going back to church. That I started going, not you. Uh, I started going back to church. I started congregating, started, started fellowship communion with the community and then eventually led to me serving in the church so again god he used you he called you and i didn't know what you were going through at the time i didn't know who you were but god brought me to you and then he started using me yeah well and i think that's honestly the way that like god at times works like i i, I remember the the time we met was because i was gonna grab coffee with your brother because you guys had just no you were here for a while but your brother had just come from mexico exactly and so i was gonna meet up with your brother yeah you shoot through as well yeah and you weren't gonna stay because you were just gonna drop off hector to the coffee shop and somehow you were just like i guess i'll stay you know yeah or was hector like yo stay with me because i don't know who this guy is or what happened why did you like literally this is god interrupting your life because you were literally just gonna drop off hector at the coffee shop Yes. You were going to pick them up later. Why did you stay? Well, to, for, to start off, I, I dropped him off because he didn't have a car and he didn't drive at the time. Yep. So I had no other choice but to take my brother. And to be honest, I don't recall like um, why I stayed. You were just like, I'm, I'll stay. I, I stay with my brother. And then and then you met me and you met Marco. I met you and Marco. And the rest is history. The rest is history. And I think that's beautiful because uh, regardless of you know what we've done, where we've been, if we've walked away from God for a while, or we're just doing our thing. Like the beautiful thing is that God has a way of finding us and God has a way of finding us. Even when we're not even trying to be found, like you weren't trying to stay at the coffee shop. Like you weren't trying to grab coffee with the pastor. You were literally just dropping off your brother, but somehow something like pulled you to stay. And you know, here we are recording a podcast two years God's later. Plan, man. Hey, God's plan. This is where we cue in uh Drake's song. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Um, and so, um, God finds Elisha yes. in the middle of his life. And, and you know what's interesting 
is that God, like, it, like it would be so nice if God would be like, Andy, David, get ready because in five years, I'm going to use you. Save money, prepare yourself, read a lot of books, go to university because in five years, I'm going to do something beautiful in your life. Never like, would have thought of it. God never does. God never works that way. No. God's never like, Andy, put me in your schedule. Uh, because at that time I'm going to, I'm going to do something powerful in your life. Like it would be nice if God would do that, but he doesn't, God doesn't ask for permission to interrupt our lives, but he does. And that's the beautiful thing about God that most of the time, like um, at least in my life, I, I uh, when I, I was finding my way back to God, you know, during the whole high school uh, phase and all that light, like the whole style, yeah. like it was God finding me. Like it wasn't me getting my life together, cleaning myself up. Like it was literally me like just in sin and me just like doing my own thing. I knew about God. I grew up in church, but I didn't have a relationship with God. And God found me in the middle of all of that. And and, uh, God interrupts our life. And and that's a beautiful thing that we don't come to God, but that God comes to us. And that's literally the gospel. Jesus stepping out of eternity, coming into time to find people like you, to find people like me that are just common people, broken people that are willing to say, yo, I'm willing, God, for you to interrupt my life. I'm ready to go. And so um, what what leads us to the next thing here is how beautiful. Um, so so the story goes that um, Elijah finds Elisha. Yeah. A dude is out in the field, probably sweating, probably shirt off, right? Flexing, whatever, doing the thing. Um, I don't know why I keep going on how this guy was probably buff. <laughs> and so he's going, he's plowing the field and Elijah puts a cloak over his shoulder. Right. And okay. that's weird until you know what that means. So back in the day, what that meant is that God was, if, if a prophet put his cloak on you, that meant that God was calling you to be the next guy, the next prophet. And um, in a moment, this dude has to decide do I stay where I'm at with my good life? He was probably, probably living comfortably. He was living comfortably. Like he was set for life. 12 pair of oxens. Big field. This dude had it all together. He was young. Like he had a whole future ahead of him. Yeah. Um, or, or, or that's what we would think, right? American dream vibes. And so in a moment he has to decide, do I step into what God's calling me into? Or do I stay with where I'm at? And what's crazy is like, how awkward this must have been. Like, just picture Andy. You're like, do, like you're like doing your thing. Yeah. Whether yeah. it's like skateboarding or you're at work in Placita, you're like doing your own thing, right? And with like that Mexican sarape or whatever what they call the little, the, the, what are they called? The guayabera. <laughs> the guayabera. <laughs> Someone comes and puts a guayabera, dude, on on like your shoulder, bro. You're and walks away, dude, and doesn't doesn't tell you a word. Yeah. Like literally puts a guayabera on like on your shoulder and walks away. But I know. But you know, like God's calling me to be a pastor. Yeah. And it's like, yo, what do I do? Like, th- like, ah, do I, do I, do I tell uh, Doña Marta, like, yo, I, I gotta go. Uh, like, what do I do? Right. What do you do? And so literally in a moment, Elisha keeps walking and Elijah, the Bible, the verse tells us that Elisha starts running after him. And what's always caught my attention is why Elisha keeps walking. Why doesn't Elisha just stop and say, hey, bro, God has a plan for your life. He wants to use you. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll kick it in the area for a week. We'll grab some coffee next week. We'll talk. 
and you let me know if you want to step into all that God's called. It, he didn't do that. Yeah. That's that's a good question. My guess would probably be like for him not to overthink it. It could like, be like li- like this is literally just a. I'm not here to like convince you. I guess it's an invitation. It's an invitation. Yeah, and and, and I think it, it it also points to this idea that God lives forward. Faith forward. is is supposed to be lived forward. Like we're not called to live like just look at life, bro. Future focus. Future focus, bro. We'll start preaching that future focus. Like just look at life. Um, unless you're watching the movie Tenant, things don't go backwards. Like the clock ticks forward. Boof, mind blown, right? Um, life, just everything about life shows us and preaches us to us that Life is supposed to be lived forward. And, and God is doing so many things around the world that God is inviting us, but he's moving forward. And so the question is, when the invitation comes, are we willing to move forward? Or what's holding us back? It takes a lot of courage. To it takes, bro, it, this dude literally had to leave everything. And so the question is, if God were to invite you right now and say, Andy or uh, Michael or whoever is listening to this, Andrew, Stephanie, like, hey, um, follow me. Are you willing to let go of everything and say yes? Or what's holding you back from that life of responding and saying, let's do this. Let's go. Because that's what this did literally in a moment how to say, yo, I'm, I'm willing to step into the future. The best days are ahead of me. They're not behind me. And um, I, I don't know about you, but um, you know that first impressions are everything. Yeah, they, <laughs> first, they really are. First yeah. impressions are everything. Whether it's like a business meeting, you know that, you know, they say the, the way you shake a hand is very important. Yeah. Um, whether it's a first date, first impressions are everything, right? First day of... Um First, first day of, I was saying date like on a date, bro. Well, I was re- well, I was saying like you know after school. <laughs> <laughs> See, no, well, yeah, obviously. First impressions, know. though. Yeah, again, first impressions. And, and yeah, first impressions are everything when it comes to honestly anything, right? Like oh, like even just meeting someone like as a friend, like like the way that someone behaves or responds, like that's everything. Yes, now. It is. It really uh, for those of you who know um, or don't know, um, the the craziest thing is when you meet the parents for the first time, like your significant other's parents for the first time. That's, it's crucial. Like, you got to obviously make sure you're on your A game, making sure you're respectful as you should be, right? Now, it's one thing to meet the parents for the first time. It's a completely different monster a completely different thing to go on a trip with the family for the first time, right? Because here's here's what's trippy about this. All right, so you're going on a family trip with, in my case, with my girlfriend's family. And so it's like, okay, I got to set a good vibe, right? I got to make sure not only my girlfriend knows, but now her parents know and Tito knows that I'm not someone who's hard to travel with. How much stress was that? Dude, honestly, I was just like, all right, just keep it kill, uh, kill, <laughs> just keep it chill. Like, just be me, just be me, ah, be me, be me, right? And, and so, dude, I I had it all together until like the first twelve hours we were there, 
So we caught an overnight flight, so red eye flight. That's what you call it, right? A red eye, red eyed. Did you sleep at all? Um, I had a hard time sleeping, so I really didn't sleep. And so all of us, as velados, dude, like we get to Orlando at six in the morning. Okay. Our Airbnb, we don't have it till three p.m. It's hot. Haven't slept. And we're saying, what are we gonna? How are we gonna waste our time? Literally, until we can go to the Airbnb and get some rest. And so we did what every Christian does. We're like, let's go to a coffee shop. And so we go to a coffee shop and we order our coffees. And I got this coffee. And I don't know if it was not being able to sleep, the caffeine, um, honestly, the heat. I don't know what it was, but honestly, like my heart started hurting. And I literally told Nani, I was like, hey, let's go for a walk. And so we go on a walk, right? And I was thinking like, dang, this is a walk to remember the last walk. Some people got that reference. Um, and so... I was like, hey, it's going to be the last walk. Let's go. You know, so we're walking, right? Because I'm thinking, man, I'm, my, I'm a, like, I'm panicking. I'm about to get a heart attack, right? Because my heart was pounding. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, my, I'm literally going to die right now. And so we're walking down the sidewalk, and we sit on a bench, and I literally just start crying. And at that moment, I get this panic attack. Yeah. And okay. I just start crying. I start bawling for, like, 10 minutes straight, and Nani's hugging me, and uh, she starts praying for me. And in that moment, I remember that... Um, I was reminded of a song of Israel Vale. Um, I'm not going to sing it for you. Um, but uh, this song here of Israel Vale really, um, I was reminded that I wasn't alone. And in this song with uh, Israel Vale, there's this uh, line that says, Junto a mi vas junto a mi, right? Uh, so in English, essentially, it's saying like, um, I won't be um, anxious because you're here with me. And so I remember that song was just like speaking to me. And in a moment, I realized that God was trying to get my attention. Like God was trying to shake me up a little bit and say, hey, David, like. I want to use like th this phrase just kept being in my heart. And it was like, David, I want to use you. Let yourself be used and let go of the past. Like that just kept repeating itself. David, I want to use you. Let yourself be used. And let go of the past. And I started asking myself, like, man, what does that mean? What, what does that mean? What, what do you mean I let go of the past? And what I realized is that for the year, five years prior to this moment, I had lived the most beautiful um, season of my life where I was surrounded by a bunch of incredible people. It was a, a season where I grew so much. It was a, a season where I... It was comfortable, really comfortable, really comfortable. I knew the ins and out of the church like I was serving and it for me. It was what it was for Elisha. It was what I was good at. It was my field. It was I was plying and I was working. This is, you know, it, it was my life there. And 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 God interrupted my life and said, David, like, it's time to step out of your comfort zone. And it's it, I'm calling you to plant a church which is not an easy task. And we've learned that as we've gone, right? It literally requires you to be uncomfortable it's, since you're yeah. getting out of your comfort zone. And it's like, you know, God is saying like, David, like if you're going to step into the future that I've called you to step into, you need to let go of the past. And what that meant for me was saying and believing God, I thank you for the last five years. I'm turning the page. And I'm believing that the next five years are going to be the best years of my life. It's me turning the page and saying, God, 
I just came out of a beautiful season. And there's going to be storms in this new season. But I want to find the peace in that storm. And it's saying, God, I'm not going to allow the good past in my life to hold me back from the better tomorrow that you have for me. I'm going to step into the future and say, God, life is going to get crazy. Things that might get weird, but I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to believe that the best days are not behind me, that they're in front of me. Always. And that is the life that God's called us to. A life that says, bro, um, what I got is cool, but God's calling me to more. Yeah, that's that's great. That's awesome. And, uh, and, and yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no. Yeah, I guess the last thing I want to I want to add on from from my point of view of Elijah obviously is, is a great example of how God comes into our lives unannounced, unplanned. He didn't remind you. It's right there and then you decide. But I I don't want to disregard Elijah after well what when he was in the cave because he after receiving a death threat right yeah he was discouraged completely yeah he was in a cave for that reason yeah and forgot to call him telling him i'm still going to use you it's good that required even a lot of courage to get out of that cave wow. to even go to Elijah. that's good so i see it as if i'm in a moment where i'm discouraged how many people am I stopping from knowing the Lord or getting to know the Lord and also growing with the Lord? Because I'm discouraged and I'm not moving forward with my relationship with God. And it's going to require courage from me, of course. That That's just my mentality of like, I feel bad that I don't want to be in the way of other people from knowing more of God and being with God. So I, I really see Elijah as a, an example of, like, I think that's the worst thing, probably, with death threat um, and good getting out there to find Elijah, despite all the circumstances. Yeah, and I think that's what it comes to calling, man. Um, you know, especially, like, right now, you know, as pastor, uh, like, being a pastor and stuff like that, I think even the best way, you know, if there's any like pastors listening to this, you know, um, or just leaders, like the best way to encourage someone through a, a difficult and dark season of their life is reminding them of their calling, showing them that there's something greater than what they're facing right now. That's what God did. It's bigger than them. Yeah, it's, it's bigger than their problems. And our God is bigger than those problems. Yeah, he is. I was going to say something else he is, but we're recording for church, so. Just kidding. <laughs> and um, I think that's beautiful because that's what God does. Like Elisha was going through the worst moment of his life and God's like, I still have a plan for your life. I want you to do this and this and this. This is your calling. This is your task. Go for it. Get some rest. Eat some food, but get up. It's time to go. The light is green. Let's go. And Elisha said, I'm going to step in faith. It's going to take courage. It's going to take boldness. But I'm going to step into this. You know why? Because my calling, my purpose is greater and bigger than my problems because my God is bigger and greater than my problems. And so nowadays in our context, there's going to be people that are going through life. The best way we can encourage someone, Andy, is by seriously showing them that there is a calling in their life, that God's called them to something, that there's still more for them. 
And when they realize that, man, I'm on this earth for a purpose, man, that changes everything. They said that the the two biggest days of your life is number one, the day you're born, and number two, the the, the day you find out why you were born. Yeah, and um, Elijah you. realized he I, I'm I'm I was born to make a difference in this world. Yeah, and that was making a difference in Elijah's life. And I think that's beautiful, that regardless where you find yourself today. God's called you to live a life that points others to him. He calls you to a life of service. And I think that's what we're talking. That's the beautiful thing of how this passage ends. Like this dude decides to follow Elijah and he burns literally his equipment. The, 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 not the oxen, the, the plows, which is literally pieces of wood. He built an altar with it. And he literally, sorry to all my vegan friends, he slaughtered, all uh, the and he's laughing. Impossible burger. <laughs> an impossible. It's not an impossible burger, bro. It's a, it's a legit burger. Um, and he literally puts all of the oxen on the altar. And what's crazy is that through this sacrifice, the whole community was blessed. And I think if we're gonna make a difference in Southern California, if we're gonna make a difference in your context, wherever you live, man, it's gonna require sacrifice. And I'm so grateful for all the sacrifice of other people that I've been been privileged to 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 eat out of you know the sacrifice of pastor hector the sacrifice of Samia, the sacrifice of you know calvary chapel the sacrifice of whatever yeah. church you've come from i'm thankful for that and i'm grateful for all the great leaders and pastors that have laid their life down and we've been able to be blessed from that but man god is asking for a new generation of people who are going to say yo I'm ready to lay down my life as a sacrifice. It's time to lead by example. It's time to lead by example. It's time to lay down our life and say, God, like I'm ready to be used, not because I want a platform, not because I want to be used and not because I want a title, but because I literally want people to be blessed by my sacrifice. And man, when we live that way, when our life is saying, yo, like I have resources, I'm going to use this to be a blessing. When we understand that what we have, who we are, the gifts, the talents that we have is so that we can be a blessing for others, man, that's where we become world changers. So blessed to be used by God and all the glory to him. That, bro, and that's what, like, that's the kind of community we want to be. That's the kind of church we want to be. That's the kind of church I want to pastor. A church where all of us are like, bro, I'm going to, I, I'm thankful for the past. I'm going to honor the past, but it's time that I step up and I say my life is going to be a sacrifice. And the way that people, the way that, and I'm not talking about church people, I'm talking about people that we work with, everyone, the way they will come to know God is going to be through our sacrifice. And it's literally a decision we make. It's literally a moment, an invitation where we say I'm willing to let go and I'm willing to trust Jesus I'm willing to lay it all down. And what blows my mind is the way this story ends. Like, this dude didn't follow Elisha to be, like, a prophet right away. It literally, the pastor says he followed him and was was his servant. His servant. Like, literally was serving him water, carrying his bags. And, man, I ask myself, am I willing to do that? Don't, don't consider it. Don't consider it a downgrade. Consider it the start of something better. And that's the thing, like, in our mind, when we think of, like, serving and, you know, servanthood and stuff like that, we think, ah, it's fool, you know, like, 
I'm a pastor. I don't serve anymore. Yeah. You know, but no, like that's the life. What we how we started. That's the life God calls us to. Jesus, the Son of God, man. Moments before he was gonna go to the cross at the Last Supper, he literally gets on his knees and starts washing the feet of the disciples. What blows my mind is he even washes the feet of Judas, bro. And Jesus said, just as you've seen me do this to you, now go do this to others. Go wash the feet of other people. Jesus literally took the lowest spot of everything. And he said, I'm going to serve. And I love the passage in Philippians that Jesus didn't come to be served, but he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And Jesus was willing to become that sacrifice so that today we can eat off that and we can say, you know what? I can now have eternal life because God, the creator of the universe, said I'm willing. And so I guess our question and how we want to end this is literally asking the question is how many um, of us are going to say, yo, I'm willing. I I'm ready. I'm thankful for the past. I'm going to honor the past. But I'm more committed to the future than I am to the past. And I believe that when we get uh, to that moment in life, man, we can make a difference. And so that's encouragement, man. That's awesome. That's encouragement. God calls us to be people that serve, people that love, people who use our past not as an anchor that holds us down, but as an altar um, that we can sacrifice, an altar that we can lay our life down and say, God, one more. And so I believe that together, collectively, as a community, as a church, we can make an impact, man. We can make an impact in the SoCal and whatever context you find our, yourself in. If men and women, this next generation is like, I'm willing, let's go. I'm going to lay my life down as a sacrifice. Let's do it together, guys.